So as you can tell, we have just finished service here on Easter Sunday at Living Table. This week's episode is going to be my sermon, my Easter sermon. And I hope you enjoy listening. I'm Rachel Keefe, and this is Monday's Muse. Christ is risen. Got it now. This is good. This is good. Just as preachers aren't really thrilled about preaching on Good Friday, there are those among us who also are not overly thrilled with preaching on Easter Sunday. Because the place is packed, and we feel this extra pressure to tell you everything you need to know about Jesus right now. And that can't happen. And then there's pressure among clergy as we talk to each other about what we're preaching to find something new to say. To find something new to say about this ancient story. And my thought is, why bother find something new? We still haven't figured out the old. Years ago, in my first field ed church, it was a church where about 1,800 people gathered. It's huge. And the senior pastor that day decided he would do the children's sermon because neither the associate pastor nor myself were capable of doing children's sermon on Easter when there would be so many extra kids. So he gets up there, and at the time I thought he was old, but in reality he's probably about my age. (laughs) But at 25, that was old. And he had all these little kids around him, and he was going on and on about the tomb. And the kids are scratching their heads. And, you know, the girls are lifting up their dresses and doing what girls do. And, and the boys are just like, look at the lights. Uh, and he's going on and on about the tomb. And I leaned over to the associate pastor and I said, they don't know what a tomb is. And he said, without missing a beat, that's all right, they don't know what a resurrection is. <laughs> but how true. How true it is that we still wrestle with this idea of resurrection. We don't know what happened. In every gospel account, Mary Magdalene is among the women. She's either alone or she's with others, but Mary's always there. And so we know Mary experienced something unexpected on that Easter morning. We don't know exactly what. In John's gospel, she goes to the tomb with the other women and sees that it's empty and is very distressed. Wouldn't you be? If your beloved teacher, the one you believed to be the Christ, the Messiah, was dead, and you thought you were going to go and perhaps sit vigil, because in John's Gospel, Jesus was properly anointed for burial. So in this account, she was going to, to mourn, to sit vigil, to do whatever she had planned to do to honor Jesus, and discovers that he is not there. That's rather startling. And then all of a sudden, these two angels in dazzling white, quite frankly, I'd be out of there. You know, because you know angels always say their first words. You know what they are. Fear not. Too late. Every single time. Too late. They're scared. Yes, they are. They are scared. And how those... Those women were able to look 
more deeply into the tomb to see the burial cloth, I will never know. Because my feet would have either been rooted to the ground, I would have been passed out cold, or I would have run home a long time ago. I'm not sure which one of those things happened, but I'm not sure I'd be like, sure, I'll check it out. Look, you're right, there's some cloths in there. And by the way, who are you? Yeah, so the angels tell Mary to go and tell the rest of the disciples that Jesus is risen. He's not in the tomb. So Mary very dutifully does that. And Peter and the beloved disciple, I love this reaction. They have a race to see who can get to the tomb first. So these two men go bolting to the tomb to see what they can see. And they see what Mary saw, the emptiness. And it says the beloved disciple believed. Believed what? Because all that we know is it says they believed and then they went back. It was Mary who stayed to get the rest of the story. I don't know what those disciples believed other than the fact that the tomb was empty. They got that. But Mary stood there unable to go home because what she expected was not what she found. And she stood there weeping until this voice says to her, woman, why are you weeping? How many people do I have to tell this to? (laughs) Jesus is gone. His body's supposed to be here, but they have taken him away. And the fear was that they would be the Roman soldiers or the Jewish authorities who wanted to keep people from rising up and continuing to follow Jesus. That would be the they who stole Jesus. Or perhaps the other disciples. Who knows who the they was. But Jesus, not there. So Mary, she's tired of answering this question. You know, whom are you looking for? Seriously? Jesus, he's supposed to be here. And then Jesus calls her name, Mary. And she recognized who it is that is talking to her. And she probably reaches out for him and he says, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me because I have not yet gone to God. Okay. I won't touch. But then go and tell the others. Just go. And she did. And we know the Easter story continues by different accounts. There was the road to Emmaus, which we will hear more in the coming weeks because those are the stories for Eastertide. We know about Thomas, who didn't believe anything until Jesus showed up and said, right here, here are my wounds. You want to touch them? Jesus is pretty practical. Why, Mary couldn't touch him yet, but Thomas could later. I don't know. But, you know, it's the Bible story. Some details have gotten lost over the years. But we still spent a whole lot of time arguing about this concept of resurrection. (coughs) What happened? Is it bodily resurrection? Is it spiritual resurrection? Do I have to believe in the resurrection to be Christian? All of these things spin around. And then to distract ourselves from something mysterious that we don't understand, we have bunnies and eggs and fun hats. These are joyful and fun, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with them, but they have nothing to do with the story. Nothing. The story makes us decidedly uncomfortable, and I think Frederick Buechner is on to something. Because the tomb is a display of emptiness. 
an emptiness that only God can fill. And so that is what drives Mary to keep looking. Who wants to live with that kind of emptiness? Remember on Good Friday what it felt like to think of God absent from the world. It's a horrible feeling. Mary was smart enough to leave the tomb in her quest to seek the risen Christ. Most of us aren't quite brave enough to do that. Go out into the world. Go out and tell others the good news. Go out and embody the love that Christ has for you. All these things. It is much easier to sit around and debate the power of the resurrection or the reality of the resurrection or the truth of the resurrection than it is to follow the way of Christ. If you follow the way of Christ, you will encounter the truth of the resurrection. Mary did. She didn't ask a whole lot of questions, and she got to encounter Christ pretty quickly. For us, if you want to know the truth of resurrection, go out and serve one another. Does anything good ever happen to you? Something completely unexpected that some unanticipated person did for you? That changed your life? That's the risen Christ. That's the truth of resurrection. Because it changes your life forever. Buechner was right. If the story is true, there's nothing more to say. If the story is not true, there's nothing more to say. Because we know that for believers and unbelievers alike, the world has never been the same. Do you realize that we are all sitting in this room today because that tomb was empty. Right. It's year 2017. So there's been nearly 2,000 years since this event, and we're still sitting around talking about it. So that means there is power there. There is truth there. There is transformation there. There is hope there. Whatever the need is in your life, whatever it is you dissolved into this bowl of water, has been made clean. Wholeness is yours for the taking in this very moment. Because wholeness doesn't mean your life is perfect. Wholeness means that you walk with God. That you seek to follow the way of Christ. That you seek to be an agent of love, of transformation, yes, of resurrection in this world. And we know how much the world needs that right now. If you want to know the truth about resurrection... Go and be Christ to one another, to the hungry and the homeless, the widow, the poor, the orphan, the refugee. You want to know for sure that Christ is alive? Go. Be that love. And you will know beyond a doubt 
and you will hear Jesus calling your name just as surely as Mary did. Because we are here because that tomb was empty. And it is our job to make sure that everyone knows that our God is alive and well and working here and now, in us, through us, around us. That's the good news of this day. That the realm of God is here and now. And it's ours. And it's ours to bring into being in a full and clear way. Think about how different the world would be if all who claim the name of Christ sought only to embody love. That would be the realm of God here and now, would it not? Our question this Lent is, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Yes. yes. Okay, then. <laughs> do you want to be made well so that you can grab hold of this gift of life? So that you can be Christ to one another. So that you can change the world. So that 2,000 years from now, folks will still be sitting around talking about this thing called resurrection. Do you want to be made well? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Amen.